0: super friends with eric esquivel welcome back to super friends with eric esquivel i am that name i just said and i'm joined today by javier hernandez one of my favorite comic book creators uh this guy inspires me as a creator as well as a person he is the co-founder of the latino comics expo he's the creator of the awesome superhero el muerto uh he's an he's a podcaster, he is a uh, a carnival barker. He's an he's an awesome guy. Javier, welcome. Thank you, Eric. What more can I say after you said all that? <laughs> so we're talking your favorite Superman comic today, which uh, as a Marvel guy, you chose a very very good selection. What did you choose today? Yeah, I hope it's, I'm not cheating. So my favorite
1: <laughs> Superman comic book of all time is the uh, the giant treasury size Superman versus the Amazing Spider-Man. Yes. The greatest superhero team-up of all time. Mm-hmm. The, the most of the century. Blue. Yes. I'm reading all the copy they wrote. But I agree. <laughs> it was. It came out in uh, 76. And as a kid, to go from the regular size comics to walk up and see these giant-sized treasury comics, that was a big deal. And the fact that it was Superman and Spider-Man, even as a kid- like you realize the magnitude of that like yeah. the two com- like there's two companies how huh? wow so it was awesome i have a million questions already from
0: the cover yeah exactly. yeah exactly yep and this format which you said is is huge like oversized kind of feels like larger than you are when you're a kid yeah and i feel like all the absolute editions that dc puts out now are kind of evoking back to this period right yeah it's this i don't know what size this is 10 by 14 or
1: 11 bucks. Yeah, it's a big size comic. And uh, yeah, it's like an omnibus, but mm-hmm. it was all fresh, brand new material when yeah, it came yeah.
0: out. Yeah. And it feels like you could fall into the pages as a kid. Like, it's really fun.
1: Yeah. You know, when you open it up to the two page spreads, mm-hmm. it's like, wow. It's like widescreen before they came up with that term for comics, you know, widescreen yeah, comics. Yeah.
0: So. And it was $2. So you got to get a lot of bang for your buck back then.
1: Uh, yeah. You know what? So my mom <laughs> wouldn't have a problem giving me a buck because I could get four comics. Sometimes two bucks, I can get eight comics. Yeah. But it was like, can I have two bucks to get one comic? It's a big deal. A... She didn't care the details. Like, I don't care if it's Marvel, DC, whatever that means. Here's your two bucks. Go buy your book. So <laughs> thanks, mom.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's so good. And it opens up with this awesome soliloquy from Stanley and a comment from Carmine Infantino, who were the two like EICs of the time of Marvel and DC, respectively. And I guess they they worked together back in the day, right? They did editorial cartoons. I think together. they did.
1: Work, yeah, back in the '50s or such. But yeah. you know, as a kid, ten year old uh, Mexican kid, Mexican American kid. A word like soliloquy, that's a big word. Yeah. That's like a big college word. And I just figured out what it meant. Like, okay, well, if comments doing a comment, Stan's doing some type of spiel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know my Yiddish, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Very appropriate for Stanley, yeah. Yeah, that's really fun. Stan always did that, right? Like he used words like calamity and things you didn't see in common speech <laughs> yeah, as a cal- kid. You would learn them. Fiasco. That was a word they threw around Marvel all the time. Yeah,
1: fiasco. I love. I still use that word.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: But like, you open it up, and like you said, you got the intro. So already it's like, you know, it's like okay, sit down. We're gonna tell you a tale. Mm-hmm. So then Stan tells you his side of the, you know the story. Carmine does his little thing for DC, and then so you feel. Like, already welcome. Like, okay, I'm part of something. Yeah. It's not just the awesome story I'm going to read. It's like, okay, these guys are cool. They let me into their office, and now I'm going to read a super story, you know?
0: The greatest team up of all time. Yeah. And you kind of get the culture clash of DC and Marvel right off the bat, too, because Stanley starts and it's very colloquial. It's very like addressing the kids. And then Carmine is, uh, we're making history today, everybody. Like, this is, he wrote less, but it has more impact. Like, this is history in the making, children. And it feels like DC versus Marvel, even in like we see that in the films today, where right. one is sort of fun and engaging. There's right. Rocket Raccoon. And then there's the very self serious. We're talking about big themes here. Yeah. And that's the DC side. And it's very funny to have that even back in the day.
1: And, and then even as a kid, like, yeah, Stan would talk more than Carmine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't read much of Carmine's uh, editorials, but I was familiar with Stan because of the soapbox. Yeah, that's definitely Stan. I call that talking. <laughs> mm,
0: yeah, yeah. It feels like his font is smaller, so you can cram more words into.
1: <laughs> exactly. That's right. Carmine's like double spaced or something.
0: It's really funny. But, uh, so, so a lot of great talents brought this book to us. Not just not just one writer, right? So, it was, uh, so as you said, uh, Infantino and, and Stanley edited the book. It was written by Jerry Conway, but there's consulting edits by Roy Thomas, Julius Schwartz, Marv Wolfman, who I adore, and E. Nelson Bridwell. I'm not familiar with him as much. Are you the Bridwell character?
1: Uh, I know he did a lot of stuff at DC, mm-hmm. and uh, of course, having Julius Schwartz on there like that makes it okay. This is like. DC authority figure here like even as a kid you, you know okay he's that DC guy mm-hmm. and of course like you're saying you got a uh, Roy you know Roy and Marv I think we're at Marvel at the time yeah, so yeah. you know it was very split down the middle mm-hmm. like okay, get some of your editorial guys some of ours uh, get your writer I, I think Jerry is it Gary
0: or Jerry? Uh, I think it's a, I think it's Gary. Jerry, Jerry, right, Jerry? I've been saying Jerry for decades. So it's funny with comics, like I were... used to do with adamantium instead of adamantium, and like magneto adamantium instead of magneto, <laughs> and like when you read more than you talk, you don't know how these things are pronounced. Exactly, and, stuff, sort of. and
1: back then it was just a comic, you couldn't hear like people talking about I it. I
0: think it's Jerry Conway. Yeah.
1: But Jerry was writing the Spider-Man comic at the time, that's how I was familiar mm-hmm. with him, and, and in fact the artists, since we're going down the list, mm-hmm. Jerry and Ross Andrew, mm-hmm. they were like, they were my Spider-Man artists as far as what I was buying off the shelf. Sure. Uh, so, for me, it was like, oh, okay, even though it's supposed to be 50-50, I felt like, okay, as a Marvel guy, it's kind of like almost like our home team advantage. <laughs> like
0: they stacked the deck.
1: Yeah, kind of like that, yeah, yeah. Even though it was like, okay, let's see what happens with the story. but Because um, th- that was my favorite Spider-Man run as a kid as far as bu- you know putting my 25 cents down, taking my comic, reading it. It's like Jerry Conway, Ross Andrew, that-, that was the Spider-Man I grew up with.
0: I've talked a lot on this podcast about my love of Superman and how he kind of formed me and formed my life and shaped me as a kid. You're a big Spider-Man guy, right? Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about that a little bit. What's your attraction to Spider-Man?
1: We're like the perfect people to talk about this. Like, yes. You got Superman's side. I got spider But you know, it's all about love and sharing our love of comics. Yeah. Uh, as a kid, uh, Spider-Man, there was a lot about him I really loved. Um Something about, like, he's having an aunt that mm-hmm. he always has to take care of. Yeah, Aunt May. I didn't have an aunt, I mean, that I had to take care of. I had a sweet aunt, though. And she was she she always babied me, like, Aunt May style. Oh, yeah? Even when I got older, like, in my 20s. I was going to go, you know, I'm going to go out. Oh, don't forget to take your sweater, mijo. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to you. <laughs> Thanks to you. But it's, it's like 75 degrees. But I'll take it just so she doesn't worry. So I thought yes. that was so sweet. Aww. And then so much about Peter Parker was he was always, um, I don't know, on the lam, on the run, mm-hmm. you know, from the media, sure. uh, the police, his damn boss. Yeah. J. Jonah uh, Jameson. J. Jonah, the great, the great, one of the great characters of all time, I think. Mm-hmm. Um and then, you know, girl problems in school and then like the jerks at school mm-hmm. kind of didn't fit in. Sure. So there was a lot to, I think, to relate to him. Maybe not so much as a little kid because I wasn't having all that high school angst, mm-hmm. but he was very relatable. Like, oh, it's a poor guy. And more so than an adult, right? Exactly. They get older. Like, oh yeah, I'm Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the fact that he's going out of his way to help people. Yeah. You know, fighting all these weirdos and, you know, getting his butt kicked at times or his costume ripped up and- mm-hmm. He still goes out and does it. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't want to veer too much, but that's what I loved about the incredible Hulk TV show that David Banner character sure. seemed a lot like that model of a character, that sacrificial uh you know, hero.
0: Yeah, the, the messianic kind of thing. And that's why you like Marvel more than DC in general. It's it's the idea that these heroes are sacrificing more and they have more there's more at stake.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, they're they're heroic but they're also tragic. Mhm. And um, so, I definitely, as a kid, I was definitely a Marvel guy. Sure, but I, you know, I'd buy my spattering, smattering of uh, DC comics here and there. Mm-hmm. And of course, in the '70s, you're watching Batman, rest in peace, Adam West. Yeah, yeah. Wonder Woman, uh, you know, on TV, all the Superman cartoons. So I got just like kids today. I'm getting my diet of DC like big mm-hmm. time. Not so much through comics, but through all the media.
0: DC kind of feels omnipresent too. Like your parents know who DC is, and like they, especially back when this came out, like they're more exposed to culture. It's so damn old, you know? Like
1: the cereals, Mm -hmm. you know, not breakfast cereal kids. I'm talking about (laughs) these old black and white uh, movies they used to run by chapter every week at their local theater. I love the
0: Batman one. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm.
1: So yeah, DC's got a very long history. So then the young upstart Marvel shows up on the scene in the 60s and. um, you know, it all comes together here in
0: 1976, mm-hmm. the big clash. Exactly. And, and they kind of address the, the themes of Marvel and DC in this book, too, like with Peter representing the youth and Clark representing like the old guard. Right, like right. There, there's a scene where they both Clark and Peter uh, are are kind of accosted by their bosses separately. Yeah, that's right. And Peter uh, just quits. He's like, I've had enough of this, old man. I'll go do my own thing. I'm right. going freelance. Like, screw this. And, and Clark just kind of quietly takes it. Yeah. and like and uh, and Lois even comments on that of like, man, that guy sure doesn't have a spine, like right right he's sort of a company man and, and they're, they're showing that clash already between the different different eras, yeah, yeah, it's definitely like you said there's a, a little bit of an age gap between the characters and
1: um, you know, it's really interesting because they're both Peyton paint- newspaper guys, Peter Parker and Clark, yeah, Clark's the reporter. Peter could Peter could actually work for him as his photographer. I would have loved that <laughs> yeah. just, so that's kind of like in a the position here. I mean, you've got Superman the mightiest mortal of all time, and mm-hmm. then he got Spider-Man, not so much the sidekick to him, but... You know, there's definitely a pecking order, mm-hmm. almost like a photographer and then the uh, reporter.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah. And it's fun. As a, as a Superman kid, I always used to like get in fights with Marvel guys because Marvel Marvel's the <laughs> more popular thing for children, for sure. No, right. So it right. feels more rebellious, I think. Like there's there's death, there's like the Punisher, and there's heavier. Contains, yeah, 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 And it's newer stuff. And darker. Your, your dad doesn't know who Wolverine is, but he knows who Superman is. So it's right. cool. It belongs to you, the Marvel stuff. And I always thought Spider-Man was kind of a ripoff of Superman because there are no red and blue spiders. So clearly the costumes are above. And then the whole journalism thing, like, you know, Clark came first as a reporter and it made sense for him to be in danger because he's writing about real things. But Peter... The photographer angle is is better. I'll concede that because he has to be there when it's happening. Clark can write about something two years later. No, right. But right. Peter has to be on the scene right. and stuff's going on, so it makes way more sense. But but Stanley could like he had the opportunity of reading Superman first and then like building upon. No, that.
1: No, it's true. Spider Man did come afterwards. But there'd be no Spidey without Superman. Without Superman Dang soon, it. Man. Well, no, we'll give that. I'll concede that. And but Spidey did create the selfie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, isn't that so true?
0: Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, Look he, the old he comics kids. It.
1: He's got the camera up on the webby and he's fighting the bad guys and he's, maybe he's not so much like smiling at the camera, but he's in the picture.
0: Oh, so. man. Take that, Kim Kardashian. Spider-Man beat you to it. That's really funny. Yeah. The first the selfie, Spidey selfies. I love it. We're opening up this issue and it starts with this giant robot just laying waste to Metropolis, which is, there's nothing more comic booky. It's very like 1950s Hollywood, like sci-fi awesome. And there's a scene where uh, there's some rubble that's knocked over, and Clark saves people. He just he runs down and like catches it before it hits them. And I was really happy because that's like pre-Man of Steel, him like rescuing people.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is the days where he had to pick up the rubbish before he killed
0: somebody. Yeah, it was more important for him to save human beings than to... You,
1: yeah. you know, a few years ago, when I was rereading the story, like Eric said, it starts off with this. It's like this gigantic robot, like King Kong's size, mm-hmm. walking to the city. And it turns out this robot. He ends up going to Star Labs. Yeah. And he you know, he reaches his giant hand through the wall, crushes the walls open, and he's looking for a particular laboratory and then there's something flips out of his finger, like a little tiny pincher. Yeah. And he pulls out a little data tape or something out of a computer. Yep. And then it takes off. And I and when I reread it like a few years ago, I go, Wait a minute. Lex, you damn bastard! You could have just got a little drone to fly in. And still, but you build this gigantic robot yeah, yeah. who goes walking through ten city blocks, killing millions of people, maybe, and and then in the end, you just pull out this one data tape, and then you know you take. I thought that was hilarious, and yeah. it looks better as a comic that way.
0: It's hilarious. It's very Marvel to do that too, to be like uh, super dramatic. Maybe no, exactly. Marvel influence. I'm sure the DC guys are like, he just walks in at night and takes it. Marvel's no, like, no, you got to be dramatic.
1: DC would have a
0: better scientific approach to it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Marvel's all about. Destruction, breaking down cool buildings, stepping on cars and people, and you know.
0: But that that kind of pays off at the end, though. It's not like a fluke that we did that, because in the resolution of the story, there's some stuff with Lex Luthor's egomaniacal craziness, lust for blood, versus Dr. Octopus. So we'll hit that later. Yes, yes. So that all pays off. Yes, definitely. Yeah, so I like that we opened with Superman, being a Superman guy. That makes a lot of sense. I think more people knew who he was, so it made sense to have him be the first character. For sure. And the first chapter is all Clark fighting this robot thing. And and we're shown like Lex Luthor, and they explain again that they used to be friends, but they're not anymore. And there's the whole old like Silver Age origin, which right. is recapped, and that's really fun. I thought that was a
1: neat thing because uh, again, maybe not everybody's familiar with one character or the other. So yeah, after that first chapter of Superman's little adventure, there's the uh, now a pause for hero identification page they call it. I love that, and they give you his origin in one page. Mm-hmm. And then after that, now they give you a whole chapter of Spider-Man mm-hmm. for those, maybe the kids who didn't never read a Spider-Man story. Yeah. They see Spider-Man in action against his number one villain, Doc Ock.
0: And the pre before Spider-Man, there's that one page, like you mentioned, the pause for hero identification, which is the Superman origin. I feel like this is what Grant Morrison um, riffed off of for All-Star. 'Cause it's a one page here you go, here's all you need to know about the character. Oh yeah. And that's it's the first place I've ever seen that. And it's just really elegant and cool. And oh, at, yeah. the, at the end of it, there's the first time I've ever seen this that says, um, for truth, justice, and the Terran way. Actually, that's right. Which is not the American way. <laughs> wow, that
1: was way ahead of its time.
0: Yeah, and that feels very is that like a, a Marvel edit? Is that like a Stanley well, here's what I would do? It's he's not defending America. It's Earth. You know, I never thought about that. You're right. It's the and the Terran
1: way. Yeah, I'm I'm curious if that was something Marvel said make it. Yeah, because yeah, DC would always go with the American tagline. Yeah. The American
0: way. I never saw that before. And that's, I guess, because they're selling this special issue in more markets than generally. They wanted to make wow. sure you could say, not just America. That's deep. Yeah. I got to like bring that. the marketing guys behind this book and answer that question, man. I like that a lot. So, okay. So now we go to Spidey, which is your domain.
1: And again, you know, someone's reading Ross Andrew drawn Spider Man stories, you're seeing his oh, art so like at double size. Yeah. I mean, uh, it opens up Spider Man. You see this gigantic museum beneath him. And you know like I said it's a little quick doc Ock adventure and so some uh shenanigans with Peter at Daily Bugle which is always always fun. Mm-hmm. And it's a very different relationship, right? I mean, yeah. Jameson and Peter and then Perry and Clark. I mean, Jameson is so over the top. He just supposedly hates Peter, mm-hmm. yet he desperately wants those pictures. Yeah. Which is I always that was a weird relationship and then Peter Hates JJJ right
0: in his editorials, mm. but well, he's gonna pay me for these cool Spider-Man pictures I got on my little film. So it's much more cynical, much more like youth-oriented. Hate I hate my job kind of thing, or, or like yeah. Perry White is a mentor to Clark, right? And and he's almost like what Clark wishes he could have been. Like if he was a man, he would have just been Perry White. Yeah, if he, no superheroics, right? Yeah, and he's a very like courageous guy, and and like it's a father figure. And then yeah, Jonah Jameson like is manipulating Peter all the time and kind of giving him grief and and. Uh, he hates spider-man yeah he... and perry white loves superman right right so there's a fun contrast there
1: like you said there's something cynical about it but there's also something like funny and ridiculous mm-hmm. and like you said it's kind of the young guy screwing the boss like okay well you hate me but you're gonna pay me for these pictures
0: yeah yeah it's definitely like the uh, the f you pay me kind of freelancer right, right. thing he's like well say all you want but i'm the only guy who has this photo no yeah. right
1: right and but at the end of the day when you think about it there's papers are going out there that say spider-man's a creep and a and a murderer and everything and if you're okay with that, Peter, I guess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no press is bad press, right? Right, right. Look <laughs> like, like you mentioned it opens with the Spider-Man versus Doctor Ock story. And and Doc Ock right off the bat is much different than Lex Luthor. Like like he does have this new he has a new vehicle called the Flying Octopus. Yeah, the Flying Octopus. Oh, <laughs> and it cool. has surgical precision with these eight arms, and it is like what you mentioned where he's more scientific. He's more like going after things with his brain. He's not as bloodthirsty. Like Lex hates Superman. Right. Doc Ock just wants, he has goals that have nothing to do with Spider-Man. Spider-Man is just this like kid who keeps getting in his way. Right. And it's irritating. It's like a spider, right? Like a spider. Yeah. He wants to to, to swat him, but he has no emotional investment in Spider-Man at all. And then that's, that's a fun difference with the villains. Oh yeah. Superman almost like brings his bad guys to him. And Spider-Man is just going out and inserting himself in things that were like, he could stay at home and Doc Ock would just do this and he'd be in no danger. Right, right. right. But Superman is hunted by his bad guys. Right. And, then, and that's different.
1: And then they established, decades ago, uh, Lex and Superman have that early connection, right, mm-hmm. from childhood. Yeah, You know, the chemical thing made L- 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 Luther
0: bald, so he got all pissed off and... Went to a life of crime. <laughs> and later on, so after this, this uh, sequence with Peter Parker, we see Doc Ock and Lex in jail together. Yes,
1: yes. So there's another uh, pause for hero. I love that phrase, hero identification. So I'm going so, to
0: steal that for my comics. That That's is so awesome. good.
1: That'd be a good title for a zine or something. Yeah. So they give you a one-page uh, wrap-up, a uh, quick wrap-up of Spider-Man's origin. Mm. And now, so now since both bad guys have been you know beat by the heroes, they happen to be for the first time ever in the same penitentiary
0: in the same cell, no less. I know, right? Imagine. What a coincidence. Or, or we wouldn't have this story. And I like that they mention that they're both people that are affected by science uh, gone wrong. Like right. Lex as a kid had a, an accident in Superboy cause where his hair was blown off. And he went crazy from that, because that's a good enough motivation for him, I Back guess. then, Bald wasn't cool, I guess. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't Vin Diesel. Right, right. And then, so now we have Lex Luthor. I mean, I know Dr. Octopus is the same way. He had, a, he had an accident in the lab, right. and his arms were seared to him, and it made him go insane. Right. But Spidey didn't cause his accident, right? Yeah, no, no, not at all. So that's why he doesn't hate Spider-Man. He's just like, oh, that guy's annoying. Right. No, you're right. It's a good difference. It's just...
1: Whereas uh, Lex and Superman, it's a death feud, at least on Lex's part.
0: That's why, like, the the DC stuff feels epic that way, where, like, this town isn't big enough for the both of us. Right. Like, we can't both live here. And the Marvel stuff feels almost like that's inconsequential, you know? Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, well,
1: there's definitely, definitely clear differences in the companies as far as their story uh, storytelling. There's a sequence in the comics. So Lex and Doc Ock are in the same cell. And right away, Lex has a plan to escape. So... There's a camera in the cell, and Lex turns his body away from it. So what he does is the, the drawing's great. Lex pulls at his wrist, and he peels off this fake layer of skin on his forearm. And inside that that layer of sk- fake skin is all these little contraptions. Yeah, yeah. And with, I'm like, what is going on here? As a kid, I'm like fascinated it's by awesome. this layer of skin. And the and then Lex builds this little. Component where he's got an air plug he builds, and he's got this sonic device he puts on the camera, where when he turns on the device, everybody in the prison, all the guards, mm-hmm. they're uh, knocked out by the sonic blast. Mm-hmm. And I thought that
0: was so brilliant. Yeah, yeah, he's planning kid. for everything. He's like the reverse Batman. Yeah, you're right. That's right. That's right. If this was a Zack Snyder movie, he'd have it like. Surgically under his skin, and he'd like yeah. have to he'd have to like bite through his flesh to yeah, get to yeah. the key to the cell. We get and, the blood, yeah, right. But that would also be cool. And then we have our first pause for villain identification.
1: <laughs> yes, the villains escaped the prison so <laughs> so so easily, and then yeah, now you gotta they combine the both villains on this page where you get a super short like a one paragraph origin for each character. So at the end of this chapter, every kid knows who Superman is. They know who Spider-Man is. They know Doc Ock. And Lex Luthor, basically where they all came from. Now in this next chat now now it's called chapter one, actually. Yep. Now we're gonna have now we can get to the story where Superman and Spider-Man
0: meet. Yeah, it's called a Duel of the Titans, which is really cool. So oh, they are in New York, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, they didn't go to Metropolis, yeah, they go to New right. York, which is Spider-Man's domain. And uh the characters are all brought there because of their journalist credentials. Right. They're going to cover this new spaceship that's being launched off into space. Uh, and it's like half storm satellite, but it's weaponized too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. As uh, I think what is it called in real life? There was one
0: called Skylab. I think they this call is called this... Comlab. Comlab one. It's Com... called. Okay. Yeah. And this was back, uh, I should mention too, when, uh, it wasn't the daily planet Clark was working for. He's working for galaxy communications. Right. They so it was when paper. it was a television thing.
1: Yeah, uh, Morgan Edge is the leader of Galaxy Communications. Yeah,
0: right? so they're trying to be more hip and young and like, it's TV, newspapers are for your old man. Right, so, right. So, yeah, so the Galaxy Communications sends Clark and the Daily Bugle sends Peter Parker and they're covering this this ComLab 1 conference. You know, it's, when you
1: mentioned that, you specify that it takes place p- particularly in New York, not Metropolis. Yeah. What I'm really curious about is like the actual story meetings. Yeah. Because like, you know, someone's going to say Metropolis and someone's going to say, well... Can you make it New York? Yeah, or vice versa. I'm, and i never read anything about like the story conference and all that. So yeah, so we'll never. Maybe we'll never know. But that's just because that was that was definitely a decision. I think. Yeah, like somebody pushed back or not not fighting, but you know, someone goes, no, no, it's going to be New York, not this, or it's going to be this, not that. So anyway, we'll never sure. know.
0: And it feels like a Marvel victory, right? Because it's New York. So well, the there fact guys, that right, right.
1: The yeah. fact that it's New York. And and this book is this book we're talking about. It's co-published. It's actually published by DC, mm-hmm. according to the indicia in the front of the book. Well, DC and Marvel. Anyway, we're getting in the weeds here, but um, that's cool. That's what because doing. this is a big deal. Like this is the first time uh, people in 1976 where these two companies decided to put their characters together in one story.
0: Yeah, unprecedented. I mean,
1: that's that's like a seismic thing back then. It's um, a big deal. Even probably even more so now because now that they're so divided, mm-hmm. you know, like. Because now they're
0: owned by studios. It'll never happen again because they're too corporate. Like, exactly. Disney and Warner Brothers can't justify a, a comic book crossover where they're going to make like a $1,000 off the profits of it. Like It doesn't make enough sense for them to get their lawyers in a room no, no, right. to figure that out. Like The, the, the proceeds aren't going to cover that.
1: No, exactly. So this will
0: never happen again.
1: The only way it would happen if their movies, it was not going to happen,
0: started bombing so bad, both of them, mm-hmm out of desperation but yeah we have the mummy versus batman versus (laughs) spider-man versus superman ouch yeah and i like so we're in new york but there's a dc jab where uh lois is talking to clark she's like oh cool i haven't been here in a while and he's like frankly lois this city is too filthy for my taste
1: that's right that's right i like to say it's a jab yeah yeah The (laughs) whole this whole story is that like a jab you know a little jab here a little jab there yeah a
0: little poke there it's very fun It all feels good-natured. Oh, yeah. No, no. As a kid, you don't realize that. So So as we kick into this first exciting chapter, we're going to take a break. Awesome. uh, To hear from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. It's like a boxing match. Go to your corners, guys. Yeah. Okay.
1: (laughs) Cool. All
0: right. And we're back. What lovely ads those were, huh, Javi? Oh, yes, they were. Mm-hmm, those mm-hmm. Uh, hostess Twinkie ads with the superheroes <laughs> fighting it out. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, we should get some of those. All right, so now we're in the thick of it with our uh, characters meeting each other as human beings for the first time. And yeah. what I love is that there's there's a bit of scaffolding that falls, and it's going to hit Lois Lane. And for the first time, it's not Superman that saves her. And it's not Spider-Man, even. It's Peter Parker. It was really neat seeing the actual, besides getting to the superheroes, scene like,
1: the secret Identity guys, you know, Peter Parker interacting with Lois Lane or Clark mm-hmm. interacting with I think it, uh, th- Isn't there a point where I haven't read this in a while. Uh, somebody goes to work for the other paper?
0: Um, You know what? I think there's talk about, like, well, how come you landed there and I landed here? Right, right, right. So that's kind of interesting. But I like that uh, So Peter Parker saves Lois Lane from some fallen scaffolding, and Mary Jane's immediately super irritated, and she's right. like, keep your hands off him, and, and Lois that's is like my he, man. He's a little young for me, don't you think, young lady? <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. Like Peter calls her Miss Lane too, and right. Mary Jane gives her grief. She's like, "Oh, you're not like a liberated woman, huh? You're not like a feminist. Where you should go by your first name." Oh, the
1: Lois is rocking the super mini skirt there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And Mary Jane's fully, you know,
0: full pants. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. I love comic books so much.
1: Oh yes, yeah, so good. Especially when you have great artists yeah. like uh,
0: Ross Andrew. Ross Andrew's amazing. So yeah, and they they establish right there that like cl- Peter's considerably younger than right. Clark. And that's, I think, as a as a young reader, that's kind of exciting, right? As a Spider-Man, yeah.
1: Yeah, And you're like you were talking about the generational aspect of it's Mm -hmm. already built in. I mean, that's what it is. Clark
0: Mm -hmm. is older. Mm -hmm. No, no need to hide behind. You don't hide it. Mm -hmm. And we see that uh, Clark might get fired for Walter Cronkite. They're trying to find like someone that's more, um, (laughs) more like. More trustworthy than yeah, more, more marketable than Clark Kent too. He's sort of a dud, whereas Peter Parker is this like swinging hip guy. Lois Lane and him are like get, trading jokes back and forth, and Pete's very like charismatic, but he's not on screen. He's a photographer. That's, right, that's interesting. Right, good stuff. Yeah, yeah, these comics are amazing. And then so uh, Superman swoops in and uh, zaps both Lois Lane and Mary Jane, and, and absconds with them. And we see Clark Kent watch this happen,
1: and we're like, "What the? Uh, yeah, How's so that happen?
0: Literally it's not Superman."
1: So, of course, Peter Parker's like, hey, I got to go save these people. Yeah, I've got to beat this guy up.
0: And now we get to the uh, the versus part of this story, right? Mm-hmm. And on page 46 and 47, there's this giant splash page oh, man. that is Spider-Man and Superman facing off for the first time. And I remember getting chills as a kid. It's like when you watch your parents fight, like, oh, no, what's going Oh, right. Happen? That's funny. Yeah, yeah, here they are. Everybody, get it together. Yeah, because Spider-Man thinks Superman... Uh,
1: Connect the girls, and um, it's obviously a setup by mm-hmm. one of our villains. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you finally get to the part where Spider Man is fighting Superman
0: and and the whole issue you're thinking like how is this going to happen because clearly Spider-Man he has the strength of three men is his deal right you're the it, Marvel guy
1: the, well it's even worse the proportion is strength of a spider which I don't know what that means <laughs> is that <laughs> 10 men 5 men 18 men I don't know whatever the story needs it to mean. but Superman has the strength of the
0: whole world right whatever yeah, like yeah. a thousand million men he's a living god so th- as a kid you're like well clearly this is a one-sided fight Right. But then you see Lex Luthor jump out and he sneakily shoots Spider-Man with that, a radioactive ray that's red sun radiation that is so funny. So he's he's as strong. When he hits uh, Superman, it feels like getting hit by another uh, Superman. Like it's an equal equal strength.
1: Right, right. Yeah. Dude. Yeah, it's funny. Lex wants to make it an even fight. So next panel, Spider-Man actually wallops the hell out of Superman <laughs> in the full page uh, image that just still blows my mind when you look at it.
0: And it's so funny because I, I imagine like Spider-Man is already, he has radioactive blood from the spider bite, right? Yeah. And now he has red sun radiation. Wow. This guy's obviously sterile. Yeah, I know. What a bummer. There's no spider kids. He's going to have, he's, yeah, he's going to have cancer by the time he's like 25. Or mutants, spider mutant babies. He'll be an X-Men babies. His kids could go to the Xavier school for gifted youngsters.
1: Yeah, he'll, he'll have kids without needing a woman. I mean, <laughs> like he's so messed up radioactive, you know,
0: radioactive wise. He's just uh, shooting out spider babies. We should write a sequel to this where it's overly radiated Spider-Man.
1: Over. Yeah. Wow, I can't even pronounce that. That's
0: awesome. <laughs> Over, yeah, me either.
1: So, you know, you get your $2 worth, you're getting a couple of pages of... Man and Spider-Man fighting, you know. It's actually Spider-Man kind of beating up Superman for a while. Yeah,
0: Spidey's giving it his all, and he's really beating the crap out of Superman, knocking him through buildings and stuff, and, and, and Clark is just shocked, because he yeah. just never experiences pain right. ever, and this is like a new day for him. So then Clark loses his anger for the first time, that I think I ever saw as a kid. You very don't see Marvel that. of him,
1: by the way. <laughs> yeah, very
0: Hulk. Very yeah. the Hulk. Right. And he, he goes, and he's going to knock this kid out, and he he swings, but as he's swinging, he realizes that he'll just obliterate the spider. Right. Like, he'll be like an actual real spider, so he like they have a whole page of him pulling his punch, yeah, which feels like a Spider Man thing. Whenever sp- people are has to like lift anything, and they go through, like, and now I think of my aunt, and I think of, yeah, only in a comic
1: book can you show a guy throwing a punch, yeah, but then in his head, he's having this huge uh philosophical debate. <laughs> well, if I go through and hit him, I'll obliterate him, yeah. So, it's at like, the last it's like 90 second, panels, right? At the last second, Superman uh holds his punch, but I guess it's the wind blast, whatever. <laughs>
0: You know, his arm so coming good. at Spider-Man, yeah. hits
1: Spider-Man like a hurricane,
0: yeah, and Spider-Man goes flying across the city. Yeah, the knuckles never connect, no, but the wind is the force of a compact hurricane, <laughs> and it's the most pain Peter Parker's ever been in in his entire life. And that feels like a very uh, nice way to kind of like even that out. between Marvel and DC guys are like, you get two pages of Spider-Man beating up Superman, right. but then you get like a flick from Clark and Pete's done for. Yeah, exactly. that is even a Superman guy, that's what you want. It's not even a flesh contact, it's my super a wind blast how emasculating
1: I know exactly right Poor <laughs> Peter that's true to true to life Peter Parker so Peter gets pissed and he starts punching Superman like crazy and punching him in the stomach in the face and the um I guess his knuckles broke.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he breaks both his hands. Yeah, you said humiliating. look at that's terrible, <laughs> like Floyd Mayweather. And then, uh, yeah, and then uh, so they decide that Superman gives mercy on him, and he's like, "Oh, you're not a bad guy." So then they decided they decide to team up. And it's See, that's still awesome. Superman, right? Yeah, yeah, he doesn't uh, take the the time to take the advantage over him. No, no, not at all, not at all. Yeah. So then the next spread we have is Spider Man on skis made of webs being towed by Clark Kent. So again, emasculating.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> so but our it's heroes an awesome are page. our heroes are friends now.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now they fly off to go and they got to go find evil. out where
1: the you know the, the women are still missing mm-hmm. uh Lois Lane and um, Mary Jane. So they figure out they find the old typical abandoned
0: warehouse. And the next part of the book is really, like, Doc Ock and Lex, I think. Right. Like, their relationship and how they've they've joined forces. And, and Doc Ock is really into it initially. He likes all, like, the uh, classic Silver Age. Uh, there's a death trap that is erected right. for Superman. And the guys have to team up to get through it. And Doc Ock's into all that. And that's kind of fun.
1: You know, just like it's cool seeing, like, in a panel, you see Superman uh, and Superman, Spider-Man. It's really cool seeing Doc Ock right next to Lex Luthor. Because, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. again, as a kid you know these are separate companies and, like, oh, they'll never meet. Yeah. And, like, wow, they're teaming up, like, two Marvel villains or two DC villains, so...
0: There's a weird moral thing, though, because they both look so nerdy. They look like comic readers. Like, one is a bowl cut and one is, like, this, like, bald... Yeah, 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 that's dork. right, that's right. And, like, and they're the smartest guys in the room, but they're evil. And it's, like, brains versus brawn, but brains is, like, the bad guys, and that's kind of funny.
1: If only they would have used their brains for goodness, as Maxwell Smart would say.
0: Yeah, so then in the next sequence, we get more of that. Like, uh, There's a computer that explodes that right. the guys need to, to hack into, and a Clark- Uses his photographic memory to rebuild the computer. So they show like, no, he's smart too. It's not brains versus brawn. It's good versus evil. That's so DC. That super memory. It's awesome. Right, it's awesome. right, right. And then, but he can rebuild it. But then he doesn't know what to do with it because he's an older guy. So Peter Parker uses his computer knowledge to like hack into the computer. Right. So it's a perfect team up. And they show that these guys are actually really intelligent too. These guys are also nerds. And so they're it's nerds the curve versus nerds.
1: Nineteen seventy six, and they're all computer savvy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think about that. I like them apples.
0: That's great. That's great. So the the adventure lead, they hack the computer, they get some information, it leads them to Mount Kilimanjaro, right? Oh yeah. And there's yeah. this kind of weird pseudo racist thing where like they meet this African tribe, and Superman starts condescending to them. He's like, "Greetings, we are looking for a man with no hair and a man of many arms." These and then second like an old Tarzan episode at this point, yeah. Yeah, and then and then this guy walks up and is like, "Yeah, Doctor Octopus. Uh, when I used to study in London, I saw him in the newspaper. Like, completely civilized oh, yeah, 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 and yeah. intelligent." And like, don't. And, like, that's a weird thing for Superman to condescend to these people.
1: Well, it is 76. People were mm-hmm. less enlightened. I mean, I know Jerry Conway is very enlightened now. So, yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> but it's interesting to me that, that Spider-Man doesn't doesn't do that, but Superman does. Like, why that choice Oh, yeah, made. you're right.
1: You're right. Again, that's, yeah, Superman takes the lead here.
0: Yeah. And he's um, kind of humbled. And that's weird.
1: Spider-Man's like, oh, you're putting your foot in him. Clark, I'm glad I didn't speak
0: up. <laughs> I think that's more the generation thing too, right? Where they're showing that like Spider-Man is kind of like hip and with it, and the kids would call him woke.
1: Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> but, that's right. Nowadays, but Clark yeah, yeah, yeah. is
0: an older guy and doesn't really know what's going on. And, uh, and,
1: and in fact, the uh, the tribe they offer uh, the guys uh, like a ceremonial drink of uh, cattle blood and milk. Yeah, yeah. And they're both like, oh no, thanks, and then. They're, yeah, yeah. I mean, you should accept it. At least, at least take a sip. That's what I do.
0: Yeah, it's it's a cultural thing. Like they should have just been like, "Oh, thanks for having us in your home. Sure, we'll try this." I mean, thing.
1: Superman, I've seen him eat kryptonite.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So don't tell me. What are you worried of? Germs, right? You right. Can fight a tank. Yeah. So then there's a there's some a cool African sequence where we find a, an African warrior who was imbued with red solar radiation fighting Superman too. And yep.
1: That a, gimmick with the first time. Why can't it work again?
0: And Ross Andrew doing like superheroes versus almost a fantasy setting because it's swords and sorcery yeah, and yeah, stuff.
1: Definitely. So and then they awesome. find a way into the secret lab mm-hmm. inside a, mm-hmm. a mountain. Mm-hmm. In an empty lab. Mm-hmm. Because it turns out our villains have gone to space.
0: Hell yeah. Dun dun. Yeah, so you get everything that's comic. You get fighting African warriors. You get space, Star Wars stuff. You Star get Wars stuff, computer things. hacking. So then we get to my favorite part of the issue, which is Lex Luthor and Dr. Octopus talking about their evil plans. Ah. And initially it's that they just wanted to use this com lab to blackmail Earth. Uh, right. they, they want to create natural disasters. They want to use this weather satellite to create bad weather, which I don't know how that works. And then they want yeah. to uh, blackmail these cities for vast amounts of money. At least Doc Aka does, but then Lex wants to just destroy the planet. Right. Because they don't respect him and his genius. So screw these guys. I'm going home. And home is Mars, apparently.
1: And Auk is just basically a criminal. You're right. He's, he'll do it for money. Blackmail. Perfect.
0: Yeah. But he's not evil. Doc right. Dr was just, he wants money to do more experiments. If he had better funding, he'd just beat Steve Jobs and that's right. really funny to me we saw more of that in the superior spider-man stuff later right around like decades later but yeah so he's opposed to this and that's yeah, lex funny is a
1: mass you know mass murder
0: yeah lex will kill everything yeah he wants yeah. to turn earth into krypton here we go yeah yeah so then our guys team up and even doc ock is kind of cool with it he's like this is fine you should thwart our plans So it ends with punching, as all superhero comics do.
1: Yes, yes. We have a big fight inside the satellite. Mm. And again, it's a great shot. Spider-Man's tackling Lex, Mm -hmm. and Superman is laying his hands on Doc Ock. Again, that's one of those things where, you know, they're crossing those lines.
0: Yeah, and it makes more sense, too, because Doc Ock has physical danger. Like, those arms can wallop you. Yeah, yeah. But Lex can't. So I think Clark likes watching Pete beat up his... His enemy.
1: I feel bad for Doc when he gets his arms ripped off.
0: His yeah, like, yeah. Arms. And Lex actually jumps on him and starts fighting him at the end because Doc like, started to be a good guy.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right.
0: Which is a cool moral for kids, I think, that like even bad guys can have some good in them. It it's, gives it that twist, fun. right? You
1: got the two villains and then one turns on the other because he doesn't agree about going to that certain route of mm-hmm. mass murder,
0: you know. Because with great power, I've heard, comes great responsibility. I heard that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Dell Comics or somebody. Else. <laughs> the Black Terror—that's his thing. Right? <laughs> so yeah, it's awesome. It's the best comic ever, and it ends with them going back and telling their respective bosses that they got whatever footage they needed, and like, right? So, yeah, it's like a certain status quo, and it ends beautifully.
1: The both couples—Clark, Lois, Mary Jane, and Peter—they're going out on the town. They're all locked in arms. It's great, and then Perry and. Uh, Jameson, I think, are having a drink in the bar. But yeah, that was the. They uh, got that historic picture on the back where you got the two heroes back to back. Back to back, to arms crossed
0: triumphantly. So yeah. it wasn't really a versus, folks. It's like, we're friends. Yeah, we're yeah. Friends. So you mentioned uh, learning certain words from this book, like kind of highfalutin yeah. Stan Lee words and being like a young Mexican guy. Yeah,
1: like where would I see those words normally?
0: And you're the founder of the Latino Comics Expo. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I know that comics are very important to you, and comics in, in our culture is very important to you. And like, let's talk about that for a minute. What, what caused you to create that awesome organization? Uh, me and my friend,
1: Ricardo Padilla, who's been a fan of mine for years, his, he used to bring his kids when they were small mm-hmm. to my tables at conventions, and they'd be buying my books. And um, one day we just decided, we're just talking, I, you know, I go, I know a lot of Latino creators. We, I go, I just thought about, it. we should just put them together and do a convention. Yeah. He's like, wow, what would that be like? I go, just a convention, and most of the creators are Latino. Latinas. So th- we started that in 2011, mm-hmm. and uh, we've been doing it, you know, since then. And we're doing our next one this November 11 and 12. Yeah, at the uh, Museum of Latin American Art in Long Beach. Very cool. I'll so be sure to come. Seventh one, I think. Yeah. So it's, it's really good. It's really satisfying. Believe me. What's the venue? Uh, it's called Mola, the Museum of Latin American Art okay. in Long Beach, gotcha, California. Gotcha. Yeah. Very cool. We've Very cool. been there three uh, twice already, so it's a great venue. World class uh, staff, mm-hmm. and uh, it's going to be, I think, bigger than ever. I mean we have to turn away a lot of artists cuz we got way more artists asking mm-hmm. but there's only so much room so but that's good i mean you want to be yeah, I'd rather have people want to get in like, oh, I don't want to go.
0: That's how it should be. And this comic, we both love these characters and love this comic in particular, but there's every single person in this character is a white person, like Doc Ock and yeah, Lex no, and right. Lois and Mary Jane and everyone who works for everyone, even like Morgan Edge, uh, Clark and yeah, Peter. The side characters, the minor characters. There's maybe like 19 characters and there's not a brown face in the bunch. Right, right. So I'm really excited that you uh, have this, this expo where you uh, expose kids to characters who might look like them. Because it's important and creators, yeah, and and creators yeah. even more importantly. Yeah, yeah,
1: especially when you have like young girls looking at a lot of the Latina creators there. Yes, like that's such a big thing.
0: I'm working with Jules Rivera right now on a yeah. book, and she's so good. There's so many creators that I've found from going to your show and just writing their names down. Yes, yeah, so, and you also create character. Uh, Elmer was my favorite thing in the world. He's an awesome superhero inspired by Aztec mythology. Aztec, you Aztec mythology you talk about him for a minute. Yeah, Aztec
1: mythology and Day of the Dead folklore. Mm. Uh, it was my first comic I created as an adult. I actually did a Spider Man comic as a kid. <gasps> can I, we, yeah, can it's buried somewhere. Can the, we put it
0: online? Can you find it for us and scan it?
1: I'll, no, I'll scan it. It's buried <sighs> somewhere in the please, closet please. somewhere. Um, but yeah, I wanted to create my own comics. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't want to necessarily work for a comic company at that point in my life. I wanted to create my own stuff and own it. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, create a character that I thought should exist uh, Mexican American. Uh, superhero, yeah, and there was already some around. That's how I got inspired, and then there's a lot more now. Mm-hmm. And I'm just glad to like throw my hat in the, in the in the mix.
0: Yeah, there's never too many, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. There's never too many. There's too many. You know, there wasn't too many white characters back in the day, <laughs> yeah. so there can't be too many black or Latino or gay or Asian characters, whatever.
0: And it's funny because with this this book, we don't call it a white comic. No, no, it's a- true. And like, there aren't comic. There and like. White Comic Cons, you know, because they don't need to be. Like, it's just considered the default for some reason. Right, right. So like, it's really important, the work that you're doing. I appreciate it a lot.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you. And I see a lot more conventions, like, like what we're doing across the country. Like, mm-hmm. um, there'll be, there'll be, like, Black Comic Expo yes. or, or such, or Black Comic Festivals. There's, there's a there is a, uh, a flame Con? one in San Francisco at the Cartoon Art Museum, I think, every yeah, year. Yeah. I think
0: know. there's one in L.A., too. I think, like, Flame Con, right? Right, right, yeah. Which is very cool.
1: So, and I tell people, like, the purpose, at least for my convention... And it should be, I think, the other ones. Like, go to the show. Yeah. Go to the show, and as an exhibitor, go there. And there's the audience. But, you know, also go to Comic Con San Diego. Yeah. Don't just stick to like your uh, niche uh, you know, group. Yeah. I don't think you should. I don't.
0: I think it's important to say that anybody can come to the Latino Comic Expo, too. Oh, yes. If you love comics, oh, like absolutely. Javier and I love this book we talked about today, and there's not a Latin person in the book. But we still love it. So you could find like El Muerto, even if you're any other ethnicity or nationality or anything, and you could love El Muerto still. And that's totally, you're completely welcome to do so. Oh, absolutely. No, that's important. Somebody once asked me, I wasn't sure if I was allowed to go. I go, oh Oh, my God. It breaks my heart.
1: No, I was an older guy, great guy. Oh, no. I go, no, of course you can. Please. Yes. That's the whole purpose of it. So anyone could get exposed to Latino uh, themed characters and stories. Mm -hmm. So. Please join us. You can find more info on the expo at uh, latinocomicsexpo.com. Mm-hmm. So I think it's L-A-T-I-N-O-C-O-M-I-C-S-E-X-P-O.com. latinocomicsexpo.com. Mm-hmm. It's like a spelling bee.
0: I think I'm going to do some portfolio reviews th- Yes, yes. Year. We're, g- we're going to get you down there. Maybe a panel or two. So, I'll be there too. So, come say hi. Yes, with fun. all
1: your different books and stuff, definitely come on down. Yes.
0: Yeah. So, and you mentioned that you wanted uh, to get into comics because you wanted to create your own new characters. You yes. wanted to own your own characters. Yes. You were a huge Ditko fan.
1: Steve Ditko, yes. Steve Ditko was the original artist on Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And I, as I was buying these Ross Andrew books, I was also buying like Steve Ditko reprints. And... Um, so he's still around doing comics. Uh, Going to be ninety this November, and I did a
0: z 90? ninety. Oh man, what a, what a man! What a My cool life. My dad's
1: turning ninety in a few weeks. Very cool. And Roger Moore would have turned ninety, but he passed away recently. Another oh, guy we lost. Um, but anyway, Dick was a huge inspiration to me. The fact that for the last thirty years, basically, he's been uh, like basically self-publishing. Yeah, because he does his work through his friend Robin Snyder. So the fact that you can create like one of the most recognized comics. Characters in the world, yeah, Spider-Man. But also on your own, you want to do your own stories your way, mm-hmm. and just do it, you know, on a smaller level. Yeah, that's fine. That's how you do it. So I get a lot of inspiration from the guy.
0: And you have a great zine called "You Don't Know Ditko" that teaches people all about Steve Ditko and is very entertaining to read.
1: Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'll probably do a few more because there's more, more to share. Oh but, yeah.
0: Uh, I, in fact, I'm doing a second printing because the first one is all gone. Congratulations, man! Thank you, sir. Thank you. Cool. Yeah. So we'll have a link uh, below on the in the show notes of this episode to where you can buy "You Don't Know Ditko." and where you can see more about the Latino Expo.
1: Latino Comics Expo yes. and my site,
0: Yeah, Are you on Twitter and all that stuff
1: too? Yes, yes. If they go to my site, hovzilla.com, on the right-hand side is all my social network uh, links. And hovzilla is a J-A-V-Z-I-L-L-A. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Like Godzilla, but Jav instead
0: of God. Like Javier. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Jav <laughs> instead of God. Yikes. That'll be your new shirt. I think you guys know where to find me online. Uh, emecomics.com and uh, Eric with a C M. E S Q U I V E L. That's Esquivel at uh, everything Gmail, Instagram, all that stuff. And again, thank you so much, Meltdown Comics, for hosting Hob and me today. This has been a blast. We love your store. You guys, if you're in Hollywood, check out Meltdown Comics or go to meltdowncomics.com. Yay, Meltdown. So yeah, until next time, uh, stay super. And well yeah, thanks. Goodbye. Thanks. Ooh, super friends with Eric Esquivel.